when shit happens in your life, like losing your job or like someone not liking you, a breakup and stuff, you're like, okay, like all that stuff can be taken from me, but like what I know I'm supposed to do can't. Like that's just a me, like that's mine, you know? And so that's that's really great. And I, I hope for everyone to kind of, to have that. That's storyteller Annie Jansen. And this is the Wilder Mind Podcast. My mind grows wilder When I stoke that fire inside Hear the call in the distance It's a long road worth your while Hey, uh, hi, hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the Wilder Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Camerlin, and I am so happy to be back here with you. You're about to hear from someone that spends her life gathering stories of inspiration to share with the world. I'm thrilled to say, now it's her turn to share her story. But first, I want to mention, I'll be hitting the road this week to chat with Abby Hearn and record her episode in Arizona, because that's what the Wilder Mind podcast is all about spending a day deep in the craft of those who are out there creating their story to get a sense of what they do in order to put their truest words out into the world in hopes, my friends, that it will inspire you to dig deep into yourselves and light those fires that make you feel truly alive. Also, there's a good chance that on the way back to San Diego, I'll be climbing in Red Rock Canyon. So if you'll be out there, let me know. Cody at WildermindPodcast.com or on Instagram, Cody.Camerlin. That's Cody.K-A-E-M-M-E-R-L-E-N. For the past several years, Annie Jansen has been sharing stories through her website, The Story of My Life, thestoryofmylife.com. From the inspiring to the humorous and downright embarrassing, she's fearless in her honesty and brings out the same in her guests. I met with Annie on a beautiful fall day in Santa Monica at a local spot that is a coffee shop and public workspace by day and a wine bar and eatery by night. After a few minutes of introduction and chit-chat, I stood at the counter to order a coffee and a snack. The bill was presented with a discount. Locals discount, I was told, because you're with Annie. Now, it's not just that Annie frequents this awesome place. It's that she exudes an energy that people are drawn to, one that people want to be around, want to get to know, and want to share their story with. And this is the Annie I was so glad to be deep in conversation with. It wasn't until further into our time together that I learned that Annie had in fact lost her job months prior to us meeting. This storyteller doesn't make any money from her website. It's something she does to feed her creative and compassionate self. Her income now gone, her resilience on full fucking charge. I offered to record later, Perhaps when she had found employment, maybe was in a better space. She kindly declined. Commitments, she said, must be kept. And with that, I'm so excited for you to hear from Annie. Join us during a late fall afternoon in sunny Southern California. A pale blue sky reflecting the slowly changing seasons casts a calming light over a great open living area. Take a seat with us on an invitingly comfortable sectional and enjoy the show. Now, let's do the damn thing. Yeah, I think we got it. 
I mean, I wanted to be what you wanted to be. I think when you get excited and talk about awesome things, it'll be perfect. <laughs> I wish everybody could be here right now and see like the Southern California sunshine coming in and then the make it fucking happen. Make it happen. fucking happen. We'll take a picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how have you made it fucking happen recently? How have I made it fucking happen? I, through this job search, I'm searching for a job right now as a product manager for soft, at software companies. And I've gotten so much rejection from all these jobs. Um, apparently everyone wants someone who was an engineer um, for product jobs now. Um, so I was getting really down about all of the rejection emails I was getting. And um, what I really want to do with my life, though, is be a storyteller and tell stories, not just for my blog, but then also I realized maybe for brands, for companies. Um, so I created a page on my site that's all about my storytelling services. And now when I get a rejection email, I say, that's okay. I totally understand. But do you need any storytelling help? Because I know how to do that. And so then I link to the storytelling page and I've even made like a little slide deck of my recommendations for them. I haven't gotten anything yet, but it feels a lot better to have a response like that versus just like, you know, being sad and feeling down. That's awesome yeah <laughs> so you're taking something that most people could see as a negative yeah a rejection letter mm -hmm. and you're making it something positive right because it feels a lot better when i'm like you know i totally get that i don't have an engineering background but like this is what i'm good at and i'm hoping that the more that i put that out there then the more it'll become true and that's at least something that i'm actually good at and passionate about hell yeah <laughs> I, and I would, I would almost twist your words a little bit that it is true Yes. So you put it out there so it more people true. know it's true. Yes, but manifest more of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Which is a great way to lead into how we came into contact through yeah. your storytelling, mm -hmm. through the stories of my life. So how did that all start, the, the real passion that you followed? Yeah, so I was telling you a little bit about um, how the story of my life began, which was I had a greeting card company when I graduated from college with one of my best friends and it was called Story of My Life Cards um, just because we both loved greeting cards and I still do. As you can see, I have greeting cards laying on my um, coffee table right now. And um, I loved cards and I've always been very entrepreneurial. So um, started a little greeting card company and it was really these niche cards that were the ones that we always wanted to find at Hallmark but never did which was like, sorry for being a train wreck. Um, like, you know, he was a douchebag anyway. Oh. Those, kind of, <laughs> those kind of in-between cards. Um, and, you know, happy divorce, whatever. Oh, uh, like cards for your plastic <laughs> surgeon, like after like you get the work done, you know. So good. All of these. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I was... My friend ended up leaving because she wanted to go in a different direction. And then I was, um, you know, really trying to get them into stores. And I was also blogging on the site because I would tell little stories that went along with the cards. So, like, if it was, sorry for being a train wreck, um, I would write about a train wreck night that I had out um, about losing all my belongings and, you know, sending drunk texts and everything. So then... Um, 
I was not having luck that I wanted to with selling the cards though, so I read The Lean Startup. The Lean Startup, how today's entrepreneurs use continuous innovation to create radically successful businesses by Eric Reese. Link in the show notes. And um, it suggests doing these little tests. So um, one of the last tests that I ran was if I get into five stores by the end of December, I'll continue with the cards. If I don't, I'll pivot. So I really tried, but I didn't make it into five. I think I got into three. Um, so then I was like, well, what do I do? Like, how do I pivot? And I saw that most of the traffic from my site was going to the blog. And so I thought, I'm just going to go full blog. And um, I was looking for other sites, other domains that were similar to Story of My Life cards. And I saw that thestoryofmylife.com was available. And I like I got so excited. It was, it was $2,300 though. Yeah. And so I made this little pitch deck for myself that was like pink and just ridiculous. But it listed out, you know, like all the potential that it could have and like how many people were searching like the terms like the story of my life or story of my life um and like kind of what my little plan for it would be and like sold myself on it and i was just so excited the night that i that i bought it um because i just was like this is like this is my new home like this is my new home on the internet you know and i wrote my first blog post about how the story of my life had moved to its new home and one of the reasons why I listed that um, I had decided to make this change, and I was telling you about this earlier, was that um, I just, I remembered that one of my friend's moms had commented on one of my stories on my card site saying, you missed your calling, you should have been a writer. And I just, like, my reaction was just like, no, like, I, it's not too late. You know, I'm only, I was only 26 years old. I'm like, I have so much time and I can be a writer if I want to be a writer. And so that's what I decided to do. And I just started, I kept writing kind of about the same type of stuff. And then it's totally evolved a lot since then for, over the past, like three or four years. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and I think the cool thing is, you can look back now and say that it was your pivot point. Mm -hmm. But how did that feel to, to invest all of that money? And now that energy that you've said, okay, I've put a bunch of money into this. Yeah. I have to make this happen. Totally. Yeah. I just, it's funny because like last week I was going through a really hard time um, just with telling my parents finally that I lost my job and that, you know, I, I just didn't think I'd even have to have that conversation because I thought things would just work out and I wouldn't have to talk to them about it. But I knew that I had to. And I went through all these old blog posts that I wrote um, from three years ago and stuff that I was going through. And one of them was um, called Losing Yourself. And it was um, one of the blog posts that I wrote very soon after actually I decided to go to the storymylife.com and pivot and stuff and it was a time when I didn't even remember a lot of it now but I had this guy didn't like me I moved and that was just soul crushing for me at the time and then I had moved um kind of as a result of that because of all this drama surrounding it um I it was affecting my work life and then I also had you know transitioned made this like pivot that I wasn't totally comfortable with 
yet. But I said in the blog post towards the end, um, I quoted Marcus Aurelius. The full quote is, Observe constantly that all things take place by change, and accustom thyself to consider that the nature of the universe loves nothing so much as to change things which are, and to make new things like them. For everything that exists is in a manner the seed of that which will be. Pretty goddamn good, right? And I said that all I know, you know, everything's changing and change is a constant thing. And all I know is that I just need to sow the seeds that feel right at the time and let the universe do what it does best. And I read that last week that I had written three years ago and I was like holy shit like that's what I need to do now you know like our 27 year old Annie yeah it was four years four years ago 27 year old Annie was like wiser than I thought you know and I'm like listening to advice that I gave you know was giving from four years ago and I was like yeah I do just need to I mean that applies to any time in your life is like sowing the seeds that feel right at the time and that's all you can do you know and trusting trusting in that Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a cool thing to be able to go back to because you're right. right. Everything always changes. Things happen. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. And so it's this really cool diary. Of, yeah. Yeah. I was going through something then and it seemed like the end of the world, mm-hmm. but I got through it and yeah. now I'm going through something and I can get through this and I have all these other tools from four years since totally. Matt's time. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, write it down, like write it down, whatever you're, and I have to tell myself that still, because there's so many moments that I don't want to write it down. I think, oh, I'll, I'll write about it when things are better. You know, I'll write about things when I've, when I've gotten over that hump or whatever. But I always tell people like, write it down, like write it down right now, because you will never remember. You will never remember those details, I would have never remembered that I wrote that. I would have never, like, I wouldn't have that advice for myself. And I wouldn't remember, like you were saying, that I've, like, come so far. So it's just really important to journal things and write it down in the moment. Yeah. And so you're clearly about self-growth, self-discovery. Yeah. <laughs> and on your website, thestoriesofmylife.com, uh-huh. you mentioned that you are telling stories to inspire others. Yeah. So how did that happen? How did you go from writing your blog to telling other people's stories in this awesome way. Yeah. So I started, I, my content was all over the place. It was, um, recipes to workout tips to, I mean, like fashion, I hated fashion, but I just thought (laughs) I had to write about it. And, but every once in a while I would write a piece, that was about somebody. The one that sticks out in my mind, I'm not sure the first one that I wrote, but the the first one that comes to mind is my friend Megan, and she is a um, Navy pilot, and it tells her story, and it was just this really um, impactful story, and one that I don't, she just doesn't tell enough people, and I wanted to get it out there, and it's about, you know, serving her country. It was for Memorial, for Memorial Day, yeah. I, I had, for years, I'd been wanting to write it, and I finally, wrote it and like her family had it printed in their local newspaper and you know (laughs) like her mom made it into a little book like all this stuff and I was just like oh my gosh like that was so so huge to me that like I could give that to her and give that to her family and her town and everyone else who 
read it and I was just so happy. It was right when I moved to LA and had the ability to go finally take photos of her, um, you know, in her flight, you know, outfit and with her planes and all that kind of stuff. So that was something that stuck out to me for a while. And um, then at the end of last year, I took off. I, I wanted to do National Novel Writing Month, which is in November. National Novel Writing Month. It's worth mentioning that their website address is great. NanoRimo.org. That's N-A-N-O-W-R-I-M-O.org. That's pretty cool. I, I just think that's cool. Anyways, ready to write a novel? Get on there and do it. You know what? I think I'm going to. And it's going to be terrible. And it's not going to win. And it's just going to be embarrassing. But I'm going to do it. So should you. So let's do it. Um, And so in order to focus on novel writing, I was like, I'm just going to take off a month from my blog. But then during that month and then during the next month, really, I was like, okay, actually, I I needed to take a step back right now because I needed to reevaluate like what my content is and the message that I want to get across. Um, and so during that time, I just realized that I wanted to focus on what I call meaningful storytelling. And I had written meaningful stories about myself, but I think like we were saying, you kind of get to 30. Kinda? Well, I've kind of been in my 30s for a while now. So what are you trying to say, Annie? And you're like, you know what? I don't know everything. Like, I don't know everything. I could continue writing my thoughts on the world and life, but like, that's such a small, it's such a short sighted perspective. You know, it's just my, you know, the books that I read, the podcasts that I listen to, I'm like, I want to tell other people's stories because they have a totally different experience. But I think at the core of all these experiences are common themes and common takeaways um, that people can you know, relate to and take something from. So that's when I decided that I wanted to just start telling people's stories. That first one, we all think I'm living my life. People know I'm doing this. My family mm-hmm. knows, my friends know, but more often than not, they don't know. Yeah. Because they might not have Instagram. We might not want our parents on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just don't see these. And so you get to give them a full glimpse. That's such a big gift. Mm-hmm. Like, here is what people have been up to and then inspire others. Right. But I have to ask, so in doing this, was there a sense that you're trying to find inspiration and meaning for yourself as well through these oh, totally. people's stories? Yeah. So one of the things that I am thinking about doing is writing a book. Um, have you read The Third Door? No, everyone keeps telling yeah, me about it. It's I so need good. To read it's it. so good. So it's So I still haven't read it. But you know what no, there's nothing. I just haven't read it. So the full title is The Third Door, The Wild Quest to Uncover How the World's Most Successful People Launched Their Careers by Alex Benayan. Link in the show notes. Um Oh my gosh, I get to go. The author is going to be at um, Startup Grind November 20th. And I'm like so excited. I can't wait. I'm probably, yeah, I want to look cute. Maybe he'll marry me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the next question. (laughs) No, but like it was, it just came at a good time. Because like right before I read the book, I was thinking about the book that I want to write. And he, the way that he told it is in the exact same way that I would want to tell mine. But basically he interviewed um the world's most successful people and it's um what he learned that was like the secret to their success but then also 
it tells it through the journey of how he met them and basically their secret to success is what he learned is the secret to success through the journey of like meeting these people and telling their stories. So anyway, I think that I would love to write a book that tells what I learned through my journey with interviewing other people because one of the biggest things that I think about and that my friend Ruben has brought up to me a few times in knowing me is just that I think that there is a gap between the Annie who is on the blog and the writer Annie and the things that I say on the blog and kind of like my persona there versus the in-person Annie who doubts herself a lot is like less confident um and I I kind of want to bridge the gap and I think that there's what I've learned just so far is that I think I thought that I needed in person to be more of the blog Annie and super articulate and um, have the answers and all that stuff. But like, I think that there's a middle ground where there's like quirks about in person Annie that need to feed probably more into like the stories. And then there's parts of like the stories that I need to like walk the talk more in my everyday life. So I think that's kind of like the journey that I'm on and it's through meeting these other people and telling their stories, you know, that I, I think I'm getting like those answers for myself. That's great. <laughs> it's funny because, so when I wrote to you, it was because you had told the story of my friend Amanda. Uh -huh. And when I reached out, it was, I was starting this and I thought, well, maybe you could give me some advice. The way you put it together, the videography, the interview, the writing was mm. so fucking great. And then you know, I, I offered, like, would you also want to be on the podcast? And after you said yes, I thought, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> this is what you do. I've never done it. You're going to have everything. You're like, everything's going to be perfect and put together. Uh, I'm kind of a mess of a human sometimes. <laughs> I'm just, but then, oh you, God, no. you know, like, we all come together. It's like, we're all in the same boat. We're totally. trying to figure it out, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. it's a beautiful thing. So the more people you meet and the stories you get, there's a comfort in that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I've gotten so much from, from interviewing people and I think that it, the stories that I featured at first were called, it was under a section called Girl Crush and it was mostly stories of girls. Um, there's a couple things about this. Um, first, I really, my, the first thing that I learned from telling stories about girls, um, which was huge for me was that the girls that I was attracted to and that I wanted to tell their story about was just because they were themselves. Like they, that first and foremost, like they were authentic, they were themselves. They, I mean, they're all gorgeous, but they didn't have to be the like most picture perfect person. And like, honestly, a lot, I mean, there's really gorgeous people that I know who just, I wouldn't want to tell their story. And that, that's not a mean thing. It's just, they're not evolved enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To the point that like I would, there's a story there. And, I mean, everyone has a story, but I think that the people that I just gravitated towards the most were the people who were just really authentic and themselves and, like, doing what they wanted to do. Um, and so that was huge for me, and I remind myself of that a lot, is, like, that's what's, you know, the most important thing, and that's sexy, and that's, you know, um, how I want to be. And then second, like, I was telling the stories of girls, but I really one thing I like about my site is that it's very I try to do a mix of girls and guys because I think that 
everyone faces the same challenges. You know, it's not just guys. It's not just girls. It's like I think the the things that um, that they both talk about are very similar. And like the next story that I'm doing is on my breathwork instructor, and you know he the main theme is like the sexual assault that happened to him in high school and you know i mean there's a lot out there right now about sexual assault with women but it's like this is a this is a you know gender neutral problem and topic so absolutely it is and i think that is so brave of both of you because it is gender neutral but i Mm -hmm. do think that there is still some reluctance to take seriously the story of a male going through something like that and so as a female to tell the story of a male, I, I, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's like, like major kudos for doing that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm very fortunate, like you were saying, or kind of alluding to, like, I feel very fortunate people trust me to tell those stories because, you know, right big. now I'm going through it and I'm editing and, you know, it's, you always wonder like, okay, is this too much? Is this not enough? Whatever. But I feel really, really happy that every story I've sent to somebody to see the final draft or like the first cut there, they love it and they've never had anything to, you know, edit or say back. And so that I really, that's huge for me. And that's what I tried to aim for with all of my stories is that, you know, these people are trusting me to tell them and I want to do it in a way that is respectful, but like gets the message across. Yeah. That's perfect because (laughs) like you said, that's, I think why it's so attractive to talk to people who are just raw and themselves mm. because there's a story there. Yeah. And if someone's put in a front on, it's like, well, there's nothing there then. No one wants to hear more fake stuff. Definitely. And I think that's one of the biggest things that makes for the best stories is vulnerability. And if someone's not willing to be vulnerable, it, it definitely makes it difficult and it's just not going to be as good of a story. And yeah. I... I've interviewed people and I haven't used it. I haven't used it for a story. And I just, some of it, it's, and it's nothing personal. It's just, it, there, it's not there yet, you know? Yeah. And Because they're not there yet. They're not there yet. Yeah. And um, it definitely takes like self-awareness and being vulnerable and being able to admit to things and not just like wanting to look perfect and not having some like ulterior motive for telling their story, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and there were two things that really clued me into that when I looked at your upset the first time mm-hmm. about your first lingerie sale, like the, yeah. <laughs> what started all of it. Because you were right, you know, in the story you talk about all these women going through the Victoria's Secret bins and holding up what they're going to wear behind closed doors. Yeah. Which is usually that thing, like, once you see that, like, oh, you're in. Right. <laughs> you're in a really good night. <laughs> but they're just, like, freely looking at it. Uh-huh. And, and that exposure, and then at the end of it, you said it wasn't necessarily an experience, but it was writing about it. Yeah. And it's just opening up and saying, this is my story and what's behind it. Mm-hmm. And that's really inspiring for people to see. Yeah, I mean, I... I've always been very vulnerable in my stories that I've told on the blog. And sometimes I'm like, oh, gosh, was that, like, too much information? And when I put it out there, I get very nervous. I'm like, what's my family going to think? Because my mom, like, used to categorize my blog. Like, the number one word she used was skanky. Like, you're a skanky blog, you know. And I'm just like, mom, like, that's not a good feeling. Um, But because I am pretty, like, I mean, I used to write about my vibrator and, like, sex and, like, all this stuff. And... But then, like, 
every time I would post something, at least one person would say, thank you so much for sharing that because like I felt the same way. And that's yeah. what it's all about. I think everything that I've shared is just really so that if someone else is feeling that way, then they can feel better. And it's like I wrote about in that article about my first Victoria's Secret like lingerie sale um, that I, when I was younger, I was really shy um, growing up and I would read I would get grounded because my mom would find Cosmo magazines in my room. But the reason I loved it was because I just felt like I wasn't alone. And there were all these embarrassed, you know, like the articles of like the embarrassing stories from girls, you know. And like I just loved it because, yeah, it's like you're not the only one who likes a guy and he doesn't like you or, you know, all this stuff. And uh, my mom didn't realize that that's why I was like really reading them. And that's what I've always wanted to do is just to kind of like expose things to make people feel less alone. Yeah. Cause it's entirely alienating to think that I'm the only one that doesn't have my, you know, I like this person. They don't like me or yeah. I use a vibrator. No yeah. one else has a vibrator. <laughs> it's this big taboo thing. And yeah. it's so nice to, to have that, that community of, okay, cool. Like you're brave enough to put this out into the entire world. I right. think I can admit it in my own life and, and do something about it or, you know, whatever that thing is. Yeah. That's really big. And that's, totally. and so like getting back to like storytelling, have you ever had instances where has it felt like that the stories were kind of not getting as deep as you wanted them to or yeah. not? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the issues that I find with, and you might end up facing this is, um, you want to meet more people and tell their stories that are outside of like your friend circle and people that you have a connection with. But when you, it kind of takes a while to establish like a relationship with somebody to where you feel like there is a story there, you Mm -hmm. know, because like all the stories are like somewhat tied, even though they're about other people, they're like somewhat tied to something that like I'm facing in my life or that I'm going through. So Um, I went through a time recently where I was, um, I was just having friends connect me with people, like random people. And there just wasn't, there's not always a connection, you know? And like, you don't want to feel like you're like reaching and then like putting somebody who you don't know that well, like in a position to like really have to open up, um, when they might not want to. Um, but like one of the stories I did, I didn't think that there was like that much of a story there. But I just, I kind of just spent more and more time with him. And even, I mean, I was like, does he really want me to be around? And like, <laughs> whatever. But like, there there was a story, like, in the end. And I, I mean, I just kind of like started capturing like more of his day to day. And like, the themes came up that I realized like people could really relate to. But it also made me a little bit more like, you know, it made me think about like the the people that I'm interviewing, and I think there just does have to be that connection, just like how there is with like friendships or dating or anything like that. Like I I think that everyone has a story, but it's like we were talking about like not everyone's there yet, and yeah. that's that's what it comes down to, you know. And that's interesting because, like you say, there has to be a connection, like friendship or dating. Mm-hmm. So you aren't sure there's a story with this particular person and you spend more time to find it. But like, what, what is it that you're chasing or or looking for in yourself and that person 
when you're willing to invest so much energy to find that beyond just yeah. the story or like the satisfaction of telling it. I guess it really is just like the vulnerability part of it. And just like, I one of the big things that drives me to like tell these stories too is giving that person like a third party, like a different perspective of themselves, like like seeing themselves in a new light, you know? And so some of the most interesting people to interview are the ones who who don't necessarily even know how great they are. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that if somebody already has this like ego, um, that's not doing a lot for them. But I think that if somebody's like a little bit more, like they're just doing their thing because like they love it and that's their driving, you know, motivation. And you're like, hey, I want to tell your story. And they like haven't even really thought about that before. And they're like, oh, like, yeah, sure. Like, and they're a little bit more humble. I mean, it's really, I love seeing like how it like affects them and impacts them. And they're able to be more confident and like see themselves, how other people view them that they didn't even realize, you know? And so I think that's, that's part of it for me. And so I think sometimes when like there's an existing ego, it's just not the same. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Because the story can't evolve so much when we just don't let it shape us. Right. Yeah. Build our character up. Mm -hmm. So what light has it shined on you for yourself? <laughs> it's definitely given me more confidence. And I think that that's one of the things that I've been seeking. And I... You know, my, my old boss, like, had me put this um, confidence pep talk reminder on my phone for 8 a.m. to, you know, stand in front of the mirror and say these things to myself, these, like, affirmations. And I totally believe in that. I do the five-minute journal every day. The Five-Minute Journal by Intelligent Change. The simplest thing you can do to start your day happy. Another thing I don't do, but I will soon. And so should you. Link in the show notes. Um, and you know, try to have these like positive affirmations. And one of the first, one of the first stories I told this year was about my CrossFit coach Lauren and um about gaining confidence and like how she builds people up and stuff. And I think that there's not this like one thing that you read, um, or this one person telling you something that's going to give you confidence. What I'm realizing it's in doing things, you know, and putting yourself out there and just like that's what really helps. And I think, you know, like when I first started doing these interviews, I was like so awkward. I had no idea what the structure was. I couldn't even tell somebody, you know, they were like, okay, like what's what's being the deal? I'm like, oh, well, like whatever day works best for you. And then like, I don't know, we might like take a few photos and I might like, you know, bring this microphone. And now I'm like, okay, like this is the process. It's going to be like three days. We're going to do these photos. Da, 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 da. And it's just really through doing, you know, and I think that it's, it's helped me gain confidence. It's like, okay, like Annie, you knew nothing about this, like at all. And you like taught yourself and now like you're doing it and you can do that. So I think that it's like really helped me because I also I do think that my purpose is storytelling and I think that that's what I'm like meant to do and I think that when you know your purpose that gives you confidence and that gives you peace of mind and you're like no matter what happens 
I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. And so when shit happens in your life, like losing your job or like someone not liking you, a breakup and stuff, you're like, okay, like all that stuff can be taken from me. But like what I know I'm supposed to do can't like, that's just a me, like that's mine, you know? And so that's, that's really great. And I, I hope for everyone to kind of, to have that. That's really powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's told so well in your story. Right away, you, you the greeting card company. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't go, you went for the five and you got three and then you turn it into the blog. And mm-hmm. then you started telling stories and you keep continually build it and yeah. compound on it. And I, there's no way that you can do that unless you know what your purpose is meant to be. Because mm-hmm. if you know your purpose, then it's all steps to get there. Yeah, and I think like one of the things that I've really been thinking about a lot lately is that it really does stem from who you were when you were a little kid and what you wanted when you were little. And I think I've always been like that artsy kid. Like I, when I, I wanted to be an artist when I grew up and, um, and then I was, you know, most outstanding artist in high school and, but I was never that proud of it. Cause I was like, Oh, that's a nerdy thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, like it was not glamorized. Like at my school, only the jocks were, and I didn't, that wasn't like something I was super proud of, you know, and like how creative I am. And then I think like as you grow up, you realize like, no, like that is cool. Like, I mean, what you really like who you are deep down, I think just like surfaces more when you're older. And I think you do need to like tap into that because um, it's still who you are. And I think it is really based on like those gifts that you were given And so I'm really glad that, like, I think now I've kind of come full circle back to that, like, you know, little kid who wanted to be an artist and, like, am so much more accepting of that and am realizing, like, that's where my true power lies, you know? Absolutely. I think a lot of people are unhappy in their adult lives because they're not willing to go back to who they were when they were younger. Yeah. And just the simple things you wanted to do. Right. I want to be an artist, so... Be a fucking artist. Right. Why are you sitting in a corporate office all this time when you know you're not happy with it because you think you should? Yeah, totally. And I think one of the things that I get excited about in like this super nerdy way is like, so I said I wanted to be an artist, but that can look, that can look so differently, you know? Like now, like to me, I am an artist because I'm writing, I'm taking photos, I'm taking video. Completely. And I think that it's awesome that now we like live in, I always say this, but like we live in 2018, like we live in a time when like you can do whatever passion project you want. Like you actually can. Like if you, oh, like I used to be super into sports oh, throw up a little like Squarespace page and like be a running coach. Like, do you, you know what I mean? Like you can do actually like whatever you want. Like I love baking. Well, yeah, make a little site that like shows all your recipes. Like we have the ability to really pursue our passion. Even if it's not your full-time job, you can do it. It's you just have to be awesome. brave and do it and realize <laughs> if you want to do that, somebody wants to, to see it, to listen to it, to hear it, to experience right. it. Yeah. They have to because you want to. And there's a bunch of people out there (laughs) yeah I've met with a lot of people over the years who come to me and they want advice on starting a blog I only a few people have actually like gone on and done that and so I tell those few people all the time I'm like I'm so proud of you because you're you know like not everyone will actually stick with it but I mean it really comes down to like 
starting it but then also just like sticking with it and being consistent and not expecting like some kind of overnight success because I still do not make any money I mean I make negative money from my website you know and but like I just like I do it for my own enjoyment and then also just for like the long game you know mm -hmm. it makes you happy the happiness index goes up yeah exactly so I think that Sometimes people get discouraged about starting something, but I think if they really did go for it, they would they would find that, it, yeah, you can find happiness in it. I agree with that. Yeah. You might go to your job for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, go home and spend four or five hours not really producing anything, just letting your mind relax mm -hmm. or whatever that is. Spend those four or five hours doing something you love and then start pushing that into those 8, 10, 12 hours a day at work and just start totally. shifting that over. And yeah, like you said, it might not produce money, but at the same time, you spend a bunch of time doing something to produce money that doesn't make you happy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that it it also, I think it has a big impact on your life because even when I talk to friends or people about stuff like dating, um, I think that it really helps if you have something that is yours and that makes you happy. Um so situations like dating it's like oh like this guy doesn't like me but at least I can come home and like have my thing that like really does make me happy you know um or the job thing like okay I lost my job like but I have this other thing that makes me happy um and just being able to like come home to something and like have that have that passion project I think it just really really helps because so many things in your life you can't control but having something that you can really helps I couldn't agree more because you can control your own happiness. Yeah. And I think that dating is such a good conversation because it's so relatable to everybody. Mm -hmm. Because that is like the number one thing that we want is to be heard, be listened to, be cared for. And you're never more exposed or vulnerable than like those first few dates when you're yeah. letting someone understand you. And if you can go to them as a complete whole human that, that says, I, I do all of these things in my, you know, 20 hours I'm awake. Yeah. <laughs> or 12 hours, yeah. whatever it is but a good portion of them are focused on me and make me happy and are satisfying. Yeah. Then you go into these with so much confidence that if they don't like it, it's like, all right, who cares? Yeah. I love myself. Definitely. And then I think that like in terms of, I think one of the things that like meeting with cool people who I want to tell their story about um, has kind of helped me develop this motto that I like came up with after the last like kind of heartbreak thing I went through um was just like I just want to do good stuff and be around good people and that's like what it comes down to it's like I think that people focus too much on like finding this one person versus like there's so many just like good people out there and it's like I just want to like know a lot of them and I want to be around a lot of them and I want to do good stuff that like attracts even more of it you know um and I think I really believe that like if that's your focus that it'll kind of make everything else fall into place yeah and I think that you'll find a person that understands that yeah. That doesn't also want you to be everything. That's yeah. so much pressure to put on yeah. somebody and to put on yourself. Like, shit, I'm not everything for my own self. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that and that's it's funny how it's so easy to say, but what's everything behind that that got you to the point where you could come to the realization I want to do good and be around good people. Mm -hmm. A lot of shit you have to weather to get to a point where that actually <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think I got to that place just by 
I found a few good people and then I was like, okay, like I want more of this. And I think one of the things that comes to mind is like, I just wrote, I wrote a blog post, a second one actually about my friend Ruben. And it was one of the second videos I did. Um, but, and we, we were talking about it when I was like doing the story about him is that he, and he's able to give me this like critical feedback just about kind of like around confidence and the gap between like in-person Annie and blog Annie. But I, he was someone cause he is co-founder of beautify earth, which listen, I'm not going to lie and act like I knew what beautify earth was before talking to Annie, but now I do. And it's incredible. Check them out. Beautifyearth.org. And of course, link in the show notes. I love and which was like is one of my driving I guess like motivation to stay in LA is just because like I love the work that they do and the artist in me is just like such a little nerd who just like wants to be involved with it so when I found out that he was co-founder and he went to my gym I was just like I want to know him I want to be friends with him you know and I but I am shy and I found a way though I was like I know I'm going to and so I like went up to him and I asked him if he would do an interview with me for my blog and so like you were talking about it like doing something like this is selfishly like really nice because it allows <laughs> you to talk to people that you might not be able to otherwise because if I didn't have my blog I would have just been like hi I want to be your friend and like that's awkward so anyway totally I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I that was my in was like I did a blog post on him and he just like kind of seen like what he does with his life and like you know now he's like a full-time artist and stuff i was just like okay that's amazing like i want more of that you know and then like his his now wife z like she's awesome like she's just like going after what she wants and i think the more people that i've met like that the more you know that i'm like okay it exists and like that's what i want to be around you know that's awesome. And it, it, yeah. it helps bring in-person Annie and blog Annie closer together, right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I mean, like, that's why that has totally sparked that conversation is that so Ruben would have to tell you he told Z, his wife, when she first was going to, like, have happy hour with me. He was like, okay, like, he had to has to give this warning to people, like, uh, like, you're going to meet Annie and she might not be, like, exactly, like, what you're expecting. And then I'm just like, I don't. I don't want that to be the case, you know, and I think that that's it. That's always going to be the case with people. There's always going to be someone's going to be a little bit different than you expect them to be when you're in person with them. Perception versus reflection. Who others think we are versus who we think we are. I think that's a cool topic, which means you're going to hear about it right here on this podcast soon. Okay, awesome. Back to it. But yeah, I definitely, yeah, there's a little bit of a gap to bridge there. Is it ever, this is going to sound weird, but is uh -huh. it ever lonely to be in-person Annie? Does it feel like blog Annie is so separate that maybe <laughs> people don't know in-person Annie that well? I think that my best friends, like they definitely see, I think all of my close friends, there's like not a gap there. Um... And I'm very, as far as loneliness goes, that's a big topic that I would, I've written about a lot is loneliness. Um, so no, I mean, I, I do think I need to write more, I guess, like speaking of that more about like my personal stuff. Cause I think I have been so focused on other people's stuff that I haven't really like written about my personal stuff, which loneliness is always something that has like interests me. Um, 
but no, I, I, I don't think so. I feel like if I, when I am lonely, it's like something that I've definitely written about or shared about on Instagram because I think that that's like a common thing that a lot of people feel and I want to be transparent about that. I hope it's, I am. <laughs> I, I think you are. And it takes a lot of courage to do it because those are really vulnerable topics. Yeah. To say, oh, yeah, I feel lonely. It just sounds so melancholy. Yeah. I wrote this one blog post called Dear Loneliness, Leave Me Alone. And um, I actually can't remember exactly. I, mean, I don't remember the exact details of it, but I do remember the takeaway. I can tell you the details because I've read it, and so should you. Another great story for Manny. Link in the show notes. And actually, I took the, the photos for it right here where we're sitting. Um, but the takeaway was like sitting with it, you know, like because I said loneliness, leave me alone at the beginning. But then at the end, it's like, you know, let the loneliness sit there with you. Like, let that be OK, because so, so many times we want to like push it away and we don't want to feel that way. But if you just like let it sit with you and you're like, I feel a little bit lonely right now and that's okay and kind of like welcome it in, it's just like with anything, like ver like just stop resisting it, you know, and like let it be. And then it feels a little bit better because we all, we all feel that way sometimes. Yeah, I, I think that that's the first step in athletics. You know, we're both yeah. athletic people. <laughs> they talk about accepting failure. All right, so we can accept failure, but why can't mm -hmm. we accept all these other emotions? Like yeah. loneliness is just an emotion we go through, yeah. accept it, and then it starts to feel like not such a big, scary, daunting thing. Totally. And like one of the things that I realized when I was reading through all my old blog posts the other day that I write about almost all, or I used to when I was writing my own stuff just about me, um, something that I always wrote during this time of year was like I have like seasonal depression. It's actually a lot better this year without drinking during this time. But um, yeah, so I, I've always struggled with that. And so as soon as the, as soon as the UV index lessens and like football starts and all that stuff, I just have this like, inter or I used to, and I'm, I'm getting better with it, but like this internal like freak out because I'm just like oh my god like no like I just need the longer days like I need no like I need like super bright sunshine like I don't want to see the pumpkin stuff like just you know but like what I realized was that I was just resisting it so much and the resistance was what was causing you know the struggle and um causing the pain so yeah, if you can just like kind of let go of that resistance more and accept it, then it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny you bring up, well, I mean, obviously the holidays because we're approaching holiday yeah. season, but I had a moment after um, I'd gone through a divorce that I was uh -huh. in a grocery store in San Diego where I lived, where I live now. And I saw a family and they were just really happy and I was so sad. It was like <laughs> gutting, like, oh no. I'm oh, so alone. My family's up in Oregon. Uh -huh. I, I'm going through all this. And it didn't get better that year. But as I progressed through life and sat with it, I kind of turned into a positive. You know, I'm like, we always want more time to do just our thing. Uh -huh. So I'll take the holiday time to do my thing because I have time off work and places cool. are empty. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's just really like I said, sitting with it and and yeah. understanding it and uh, and doing something positive with it. Right. Yeah, that's a great example. Like as soon as you stopped resisting it, you were able to like see the positive in it. Which yeah. Is great. Yeah. Yep. So this is this is I like just pushing this question out there without oh, warning. Gosh. This is my favorite one. Okay. Are you happy? Am I happy? Right now I'm happy. Um, yesterday I was actually thinking about, I was in my friend's car and we were driving to go hiking. And um, I was, I really sat there and thought like, I am so happy right now. And I'm happy to not have anything like hanging over my head right now. And I'm happy to just kind of be like doing my thing and um, you know, like I don't have a job right now, all these things, but like, I was just like, wow, like I feel really happy. Like I feel content. I feel like I'm doing my thing. Um, I just didn't have like a feeling of anxiety, which was like really great. And I think that there's times in your life that you go through that are, you do have really bad anxiety. You are depressed, like all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that it does allow you though, to be so much more grateful when you don't feel that way, you know? And so like right now I'm happy. I won't always be happy. Um, but I'm very thankful that I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer because <laughs> it's honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, happiness is, I've written about this too. And I don't exactly remember like what the takeaways were. I've written about happiness a lot. Someone, I, I actually need to revisit it. I wrote one about this guy who studies happiness. Um, I like to use the word joy a lot more than happiness. And I think it's something that I say a lot. And I, one of the main things when I fill out my five minute journal, like the three things that I want from the day, I usually say to enjoy things. So I'll say like, I want to enjoy my interview with Cody. I want to enjoy, you know, writing. Because I think that there's these things that you do during the day and you have to just, it's more about, it's not really like what you're doing exactly, it's enjoying the things that you're doing and remembering that that's why you're doing them, you know? Be present with it. And being present, yeah, exactly. Being present in the moment so that, yeah, you can find joy in it. It's interesting. I wish that people listening could see your facial <laughs> expression when you talk about enjoy and you have a smile. <laughs> When you said you wrote about happiness, your eyes dropped a little bit more, though. Yeah, and your whole face that's true. Did. It's true. <laughs> and I think that that is very telling because you talked about anxiety when we met for coffee uh -huh. earlier this morning. You talked about you've dealt with anxiety in your life. And I agree with what I, what I believe you're alluding to, that happiness is a momentary thing. Yeah. It's not everything. So what is that joy being present? What does all that look like that's beyond happiness? I guess joy just feels like something that... Like enjoying, yeah, enjoying the moment just means like you're being present in it versus being happy. Because happy, happy is just more of an emotion to me, you know? And I think that even when in times that I've been like very anxious and depressed, like I've still written in my journal that I want to enjoy writing because it's like something that I'm doing and that if I can just be really present in that, then 
I'll be happier as a result. But it just isn't like the same to me. Just saying like being happy because happiness is more of like a result of enjoying things basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I can confidently say that, that you live that well because so you don't have a job right now. Yeah. <laughs> you have these other things that you focus on in your life, the story of my life, mm-hmm. your writing, all these things that make you happy yeah. in that moment that you find joy in. When we had set this up, you wrote uh, this morning, said you weren't feeling well, you had been sick, yeah. and you just wanted to push it back just an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I offered to reschedule. You said, no, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And you push through and you and you make sure to find those things that will bring you joy. And that's mm-hmm. it takes a lot to do that, especially when the kind of main thing going on now is that you don't have a job. And I think for most people, that would crush them. They would pull away from everything. Mm-hmm. But you have these other things that you find enjoyment in. And yesterday you had that overwhelming feeling of, yeah, I'm really happy right now. Yeah. I don't know if this is like going in a different direction, but like when we were talking earlier about like writers and like drinking, like all that kind of stuff, um, what I almost said was like, there's been definitely times in my life, like when I've gone through like depressed like states and stuff, I like neurotically start Googling about like artists and depression and like the link between like art and depression. And I, I've like come to this like belief that, um, the reason that there is that correlation, if I were to guess is just because when you are more artistic or art is your thing, you just always want to be creating. And when you feel like you can't, it creates this like internal struggle and like a depression and so I think that the times in my life that I have been like feeling off or like not feeling great is because of that, you know, and like when I don't feel like I can create and there's a moments in this like job search thing where I feel guilty taking any time away from, you know, making money or trying to make money or figuring out how I'm going to make money. And it only makes it worse if I'm not spending time storytelling. It only makes it worse because I find joy in that. And it's so important to take at least an hour out of your day to do something where you're creating and where you, you know, something that you find joy in. So I think it's fascinating that you use the word guilty because that you weren't focusing on finding that thing that will make money because that's mm-hmm. how we're raised. Yeah. Right? Feel guilty if you're not contributing. Yeah. Don't feel guilty if you're not doing the things you want to do. Right. <laughs> Work really hard for so many goddamn years. Yeah. Then have a couple years left to do the things you want to do. Mm-hmm. You've earned it then. And I love that that you're shifting that paradigm and that there are, I think, more and more people out there. And that's why I, I wanted to do this podcast to, to show people that, yeah, you can shift the paradigm. People do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're finding such levels of joy and satisfaction that when one thing falls out that maybe wasn't even that important in the long run, it doesn't really affect it that much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I would encourage everyone to just, yeah, find those things that they're passionate about and then make sure that they're spending time on it, even if it's a little bit of time and it goes a long way. It's like exercising, right? 20, right. 30 minutes a day can impact your entire day. Totally. I think about that all the time. I do. Like, especially doing something like CrossFit where it's these very short workouts, but you see big results if you just do it continuously day to day. And I think that that same 
thing can be applied to like whatever you're doing. Absolutely. I actually, people who want to get into to CrossFit or running or anything athletic, mm-hmm. I always invite them to do it for, I say, focus on it for one month. Yeah. Make it everything and then force yourself to leave it for a week mm-hmm. and see how different that week is. That's a is. good, that's a, yeah, that's good advice. Because it just shows you how much these things impact. So like you said, if it's, you know, writing, mm-hmm. 10 minutes a day can be incredibly healing to get that stuff out. Yeah, and I have to remind myself that because I have not been doing that and I can totally see a difference in my days. It's, yeah. Not getting all those thoughts and emotions and feelings out. Totally, yeah. And like, I think too, like now that I have been more focused on telling other people's stories, I haven't been writing like I should, like about my my own stuff. And so that's why I'm I'm excited about this next story that I'm telling um, about my breathwork instructor, just because it like half of it's his story, but half of it is my story, and um, through it. And so I'm I'm excited to tell it. And like how we were talking about like the people that I tell stories about, I think that that's one of the big things is like if I don't feel as connected to them it won't be as much like my story and that therapeutic part of it like won't be there as much like I'll feel like it is more like a job versus something that's like helping me to that's awesome yeah so if you had a chance to tell your entire story (laughs) so we've talked about young Annie yeah. If we jump to like older Annie, like you're 120 years old, because <laughs> oh we're going to live a long, long time. What would you want that story to look like? Are there any big milestones that you feel like that you really want to be told? The only thing that I can think about, and I'll tell you this, that is part of the story that I'm writing right now about my breathwork instructor. Um. So... In the breathwork class, um, it's like this form of meditation, and at the end, he prompts you to think about a time, you know, from your childhood, a time that like you were happy or whatever, and then a time you're in your present moment when you're doing something that you wanted to do, and then what your life looks like, like three or five years from now, and like what, yeah, what that looks like, what's bringing you happiness. And when I think about the future, I just always think about like just being on a patio with really great people and like good food. And sorry, I don't know why I'm getting emotional right now. This is weird. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just think about, yeah, being just around good people, like twinkle, like lights strong, you know, like patio lights, of course. You have to have that. Um, but yeah, good food, just laughing and just feeling so good. And like ideally, I think about some day when I have everyone that I've ever told their story of like, you know, on this, like just all of us together, you know, and like, just like kind of celebrating it. Um, but I think, so there's that, that like I'm, I'm a consciously, that was a conscious thought of mine. Um, but then there was this like unconscious thing. Um, Cause like with breath work, you kind of go into this like more, it's almost like you've done like mushrooms, I think. I don't know, I've never done mushrooms, but whatever. <laughs> But you can kind of like see things sometimes. And um, the first time that he said that, like to think about, this might be like too trippy, but um, said to think about the future, I kind of just like saw like, I saw like my eye like looking out from the side and there was just like a super neutral gaze. 
And I came home and like wrote, like drew the I and I like wrote down, I wrote down like I, I was like, I was, I'm looking at things and actually seeing them. And like, I think that like, it is basically where I want to get to that like, and through all of this storytelling, everything is that like, I think sometimes you're like observing life but not fully present and not really like I'm like looking at this rose but I'm thinking like these other things you know like I'm like with my friends but not really fully there and like everything that you're looking and observing even if you go on a trip and you're like looking at these amazing things you're running it just like all through like you know your own story and your own shit and your own thoughts and like just like not fully taking things in for what they are and so I just like kept thinking about that, like just like actually seeing things and appreciating life for what it is versus like the relationship it has to me, to like my thoughts, to like everything, you know what I mean? Like my own just like crap that I make up, you know, and just really appreciating things. And yeah. The emotion makes so much sense <laughs> because it, it is, I think it sounds like to me that opportunity for you all to, to sit around and say, we fucking made it. Yeah. <laughs> we got through all yeah. of that shit. Let's just enjoy some yeah, good let's food, just, some drink. Yeah, exactly. So I think it ties into that. It's just kind of like, okay, like you can just totally appreciate life for like what it is. Because yeah. Um, yeah, you've like made it and gotten through all the other shit. And that's super emotional. And then to follow it with the the experience of being that side eye and yeah. seeing what mm-hmm. you're going through because you are hustling nonstop. Yeah. The moment you wake up, you go right into your regimen of self growth and improvement. Yeah. And it's all the way till you go to sleep. I mean, that's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. exhausting. It's, it's super satisfying, but it can be very exhausting. Yeah, definitely. So I think that when I get, like, I think that there's just so many things, like, I know that I need to learn. And so, you know, there's, like, what you know, what you don't know, and what you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I just know that there's a lot of what I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that is, but, you know, obviously. Um, but there's just, like, so much more to learn, and I think that, like, a lot of my stuff is like letting go of ego and um yeah letting go of ego is like a huge thing for me (laughs) i mean it is like oh my god like there are times like my brother just recently with this like whole job thing was like well you know any you should maybe this is a sign like you just need to move back with mom and dad like in Illinois and you know just kind of like regroup and you like that would make them so happy like if you were just there and I know that I know that it would make them so happy like I know that that would like probably set me up to succeed maybe because I like would be able to take a step back and save some money and stuff but there is just this like part in me that just resists that with like everything in me and I still don't know if like that's a good thing or a bad thing and I think that though like that and like that situation is like I know like a great example of like somewhere where like I just with more self-growth like I would have a better answer to like that and like knowing whether that was the right thing or not for me you know I under I see how that could be taken as ego and with 
a lot of people, well, some people, I should say. Yeah. There would be a lot of ego in that. I think for the in-person slash blog Annie sitting yeah. in front of me, <laughs> I think that is purely you knowing how hard you've worked to get here. Okay, that's what I was like, that was what I was hoping to down and what like my like, the answer I wanted, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those are hard to say though, because it yeah. can sound a bit like, exactly. it can sound egotistical to say that, but yeah. be proud of what you've done. And there's no ego in that. That's yeah. simply saying, this was not handed to me. Nobody said, here's this life. It is yours. It's like, no, here's the life I want. I'm going to go out there and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was hoping for. So. I mean, like, like we said, right in the beginning of this whole yeah. podcast. Make it fucking happen. It's perfect. And it looks over this whole room. <laughs> so now you have the opportunity uh-huh. to end this however you want to. Funny story, advice, hardest moment, any anything you want to be said. I'm going to stop talking and it's all you. However you want it to end. Oh, gosh. I listen to so many of these podcasts and like I don't... <laughs> I guess like the first thing that comes to my mind and that like I tell people all the time and that I um, have to remind myself is kind of like the concept behind um, me pivoting to my blog and like the lean startup and stuff is like the importance of failing and I think that it's it's so important and I tell people who are like younger than me when they ask their advice I'm like just start failing now like fail now like fail as fast as you possibly can because I think that it takes so much failure to get to where you want to be and so like accepting that and like how right now like this is a reminder for myself like as I'm going through these like rejection emails like all which in a sense are failure it's like I just I really need to I need to almost want it. Like I need to like, yeah, like bring it on. Like the more failure, the better, because that's how you get to where you're supposed to be. And so, yeah, it's a lesson for myself, a reminder for myself and just what I would, what I tell other people, like if they do want any type of advice, I'm just like, just fail. And it, that you, cause you have to, there's so much of it that you have to go through in order to get where you're supposed to be. So it's like, if it's, you know it's going to be a journey, so start the journey as soon as possible. Damn. <laughs> I want to do a whole separate podcast with you just about the science of failure. <laughs> okay, so that was good. That was really good. Awesome. Perfect. Annie, thank you so much for the time, yeah, for course. letting me use your, like, take over your family room yeah. <laughs> and, like, spread totally all fine. my stuff out. Uh, this has of been course. great. Yeah. Thanks, Cody. Thank you. Annie, wow. I am so honored you took the time and were so willing to share your words with the podcast. I've truly enjoyed the chance to get to know you and continue the conversations since recording. You motivate me to keep pushing for more and to make it fucking happen. The Wild of Mind podcast is hosted and produced by yours truly. The theme song was written by my good friend Alexis Tia. From San Diego to Arizona to Oregon, Utah, and beyond. In the coming months, I'll be on the road recording. So, if you're out there, we just might cross paths. Until next time, to your wildest self, be true.